0: I V M Here's your smart fact of the day. Have you seen a bunch of uh, birds, migratory birds, um, migrating? It's very uh, fascinating to know how they change direction, how they know exactly where they're going, how they're, you know, kind of taking turns to lead the pack. So there's always a different bird in front of the whole flock of birds that's flying. So what is it that they're doing and who knows who, you know, who the leader is? So individuals apparently in the flock take turns flying in the front share the load. So geese, pelicans and many other migratory birds use the strategy of flying in formation, but they do not have leaders who coordinate their flight. Isn't that amazing? Let's try to figure out in this episode of Smarter With Sid, how humans do it or should be doing it. So how does leadership actually work in birds is a good starting point for us to take because human beings are obviously different from birds. But You know what they had done, actually, that they had strapped tiny GPS backpacks onto the birds. And researchers then found out that a flock follows several leaders at any given point in time in flight. But the flock's leadership can change so that even low-ranking birds sometimes get a chance to command. Now, just imagine this, right? Birds do this. (laughs) Okay, I was just about to sing the song, birds do this, bees do this, but I'm not. Birds do this. But human beings find it really difficult to do it. And I was wondering why. Because I genuinely feel that somewhere, if we can bring about the fact that all of us can be leaders in the right context and in the right moment, we perhaps might do a better job of the work that we do for the organizations that we are in, or even the projects that we work for, or even if they are working as individuals, but having to coordinate with other human beings. It's a very interesting dilemma and I believe that the reason why this dilemma exists is because we have forgotten what comes naturally to us and that's what I call moment-to-moment leadership, right? So, in the moment leadership or moment-to-moment leadership is when, let's imagine a bunch of people in a meeting, right? There's some agenda, there's somebody making a presentation, might be a low-ranking bird, i sorry, low-ranking human uh, doing this stuff. And, you know, the CEO is there and you are there and you're obviously having some sort of bias through which you're looking at the presentation. Maybe the person belongs to your team or maybe the person belongs to some different kind of team. And this agenda gets played out. But nobody forgets their titles. Nobody forgets their positions. Nobody forgets, you know, who they are, how much they earn and all of that. Maybe I'm kind of exaggerating, but having been part of such meetings and yes, having, you know, done all these things myself, I do realize that we hardly ever allow the presenter to have the momentary leadership in that situation, because actually, The guy or gal who's presenting at that point in time has that momentary leadership. But we don't really allow that, do we? We're always trying to put our stamp onto the game. We're always trying to make sure that we are heard. We're always trying to make sure that our agenda gets followed. But does it really have to be like that? It's damn difficult to make this change for any one of us. But I believe that if an organization embraces this momentary leadership to the team, And I'm sure a lot of enlightened organizations already know what I'm talking about. It could very well lead to a very different sort of productivity and output and creativity and overall magic. You know, the most important thing for us as we grow within organizations is to recognize the fact that we are not going to be leaders all the time. But unfortunately, the way in which every organization's culture is is that it rewards people who want to be leaders, not followers. And funnily enough, you need more followers than leaders at any given point in time. Otherwise, there'll be complete chaos. Now, we know that with commonsensical wisdom and the common sense lens, if we put it on. But the fact is that we hardly ever believe that if we behave that way, we are going to be rewarded. In fact, we can be very open and we can perhaps let this momentary leadership happen even within our team when we respect some team member and when that team member is not very threatening to us or it can also happen with our boss because you know with our boss there is always a relationship of a child with a parent maybe you know because we are dealing with something and we receive the approval or the feedback or the you know the positive strokes that that are required but where it really hits us is when we are talking to our peers and Peers, I mean, you know, those classmates that you had in school or in college, or even, you know, when you start your job. These are the guys who are at the same or similar levels, who are competing and jockeying with you for leadership position, because somewhere at the back of everybody's minds, we know that, you know, promotions are not coming for all of us. And there'll always be somebody who is going to get the bigger raise or the bigger ticket towards, you know, success and and the rest of it. Given this backdrop and given these underlying motivations, we will find it extremely difficult to actually give give our peers that leadership when actually they are the ones who need to lead in that particular moment. And that is precisely why... Peers are always trying to sabotage each other and their agendas in front of their boss or in front of the organization's various stakeholders because nobody wants to cede that leadership. And trust me, guys, especially guys who are the go-getters, who are reaching places in the organization, you need to give up that leadership at various points in time and actually acknowledge that a peer is the better leader at the moment, that will increase your power and that will increase your flexibility and that will increase your acceptance within the peer group. But we will need a lot of personal courage to do something like this. Because if I look at the way in which CEO careers have been defined or CXO careers have been defined, they are the ones who are you know, who have gotten along not just with their bosses or with their underlings, but also with their peers, because their peers have a lot of strengths, skills, which are complementary to them. And they can be big blind spots for all of us, what our peers do. And the blind spots can end up sabotaging whatever agenda you may have, because every agenda is eventually interconnected. And therefore, it could lead to, you know, a downward spiral, not just for your peers, but also for yourself. This type of situation, I'm sure you've seen or I'm sure you've experienced. And so therefore, you know, we keep hearing that, oh, you got to get along better with your peers, or you've got to take everybody along with your agenda. And... It doesn't happen by just showcasing collaboration is what I feel. I mean, you may call all the right stakeholders in the meeting. You might have all the boxes ticked off, but it's not going to be real passing the baton of leadership unless and until you recognize the moment of leadership and you ask yourself that genuine honest question. Am I the leader over here in this moment, or is somebody else? And if that somebody else is, why not make a public, you know, statement about the fact that hey, I think you know X Y Z is going to uh, tell us how to move ahead in this, and I completely respect their opinion. Or let's uh, let them have a very uh, let's give them five minutes uh, to to explain what their perspective is, and that leadership will pass. It will pass to somebody else and it will come to you. And when you are that momentary leader, you might find yourself being encouraged by all those peers who have been encouraged to be leaders by you in their moments of fame, glory and etc. What do you think? I think this is a radically different way of actually doing work. I think it requires a lot of personal courage. But eventually, it boils down to us changing our behavior without anybody else changing their behavior. And I would urge each and every one of my listeners to maybe try this out and see the surprise look on people's faces, if nothing else, when you allow people to have their say. Sure, some people might turn around skeptically and think, oh, what does this person have up their sleeve? And and am I doing something wrong and stuff like that? But those are their problems. You've given them that momentary leadership and it is up to them to take it. I hope you like this episode of Smarter with Sid. It requires a lot of courage to be even 1% smarter is what I've realized when I was thinking through this particular episode. And if you like episodes like this, well, I think you should just check out IBM stuff. They've got some wonderful stuff going there. And if you like me, I'm The Travelling Professor. Do follow me on Instagram and on LinkedIn.